Mid-market-sized businesses are where the true economic action in business really is. They are nimble and agile. They're factories of growth, they lead in innovation, and they're early adopters of tech. These enterprises need the right tools, support and environment to flourish. But sadly, they're often overlooked and undervalued. Not here though. This is the Mid-Market Matters podcast, and I'm your host, Craig West. We'll explore pain points, growth strategies, and how to find the competitive edge. Welcome to SME Radio. We're joined by Danielle Neal. Danielle's the entrepreneur in residence at the University of New South Wales. She's got a massive list of experience and expertise around entrepreneurship, innovation, digital transformation, including owning her own businesses, mentoring businesses, and obviously working closely with the University of New South Wales. Danielle, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Craig. It's good to be here. It's a pretty impressive list of background and experience and history in terms of what you've done. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So I've kind of been all over from government to now in the university. um, And I started out as someone who was kind of, I guess, good at sales, good at marketing, Mm -hmm. um, lots of personality, and I really wanted to get into business. So the first business I had was a manufacturing business, got into juice back when it was popular and exciting. I was keen to create a mobile juice bar. So we did that with a fabrication uh, company in another state, Mm -hmm. and we got that up and going moved from from that sector had a couple of kids in in the uh, meanwhile moved from that sector into uh, software development again could see an opportunity being a person that will get in like most small businesses and get things done wants to learn took my marketing and sales skills through all sorts of industries including software development and how did you end up in the university that's a great question. The university sector is changing. They recognise, I think, that they need to do things differently. And so uh, the invitation to work at the university is really around uh, connecting more with small businesses and bringing more of that startup can do capability internally into what is a, a large institution. Mm. It's fair to say that the education industry is being disrupted. And so, you know, the skills that, that I bring are kind of uh, interesting at this particular time. Most of the academics I know are fairly different to you. <laughs> Old-fashioned, traditional model, you know, they're fairly conservative guys and girls that have been typically in the education sector all their life. They go to, you know, high school, uni, as a student, graduate, end up master's, PhD, whatever it might be. Very different background. How much influence have you been able to have over that kind of thinking and culture within the universities? Yeah, well, I mean, that's true. Uh, In terms of career progression and in terms of probably appetite for risk, we're we're quite different. Mm. Uh, But in terms of, I guess, our interest in innovation, our interest in invention and our interest uh, certainly at UNSW in social impact, we've got a lot in common. So I think in terms of having an impact, it's about finding those uh, commonalities and building from there and then looking at, you know, what can we learn from from both camps? Not always in the best and easiest way, but certainly I try to encourage people to think differently and that's been very successful. A lot of mid-market businesses are involved in innovation at some level. The government spent a lot of time and money, I would imagine, on trying to encourage innovation in Australia generally. Absolutely. How is that working? Because the biggest problem for most businesses is funding innovation. You know, yep. It's a very, it's, it's almost a bottomless pit, black hole, you call all those things. How does your role in the university help in funding that innovation? Sure. So we've got some really straightforward, easy 
programs that provide uh, funding for businesses to come in and innovate with our researchers. But I think it's also about opening up the doors more so to graduates who are looking for jobs in the workforce, helping businesses to understand the future of work and what capabilities are being taught and, and produced by universities that might be relevant for their business and helping that connection to happen. It's also about facilities. Uh, we've got a lot of facilities mm. and uh, special centres on campus that can uh, assist businesses to be testing and developing new products across every industry. So that's another way that we can we can help. But I think you know, 97% of businesses in Australia are, s- are small to medium businesses. Yep. And so uh, the government and certainly um, more and more so the university sectors recognising we need to get around these organisations and help them to transition to what's coming in the future. So how do you go about that? What are you, what are you doing? Well, you mentioned access to academics and facilities. How does that actually work in practice? At the moment, uh, there's a, a number of networks, including Tech Connect, which is the one that I look after, that uh, is really about providing if, a concierge type of role, if you like. So uh, physical people like myself, a face on the ground uh, that businesses can come and talk to and uh, share what their uh, problems or questions or future developments are. And then we can go into um, the rich university community of thousands of academics Mm. and um, tens of thousands of students and navigate through that space to understand what sorts of programs, uh, what sorts of uh, courses, facilities, etc. might be relevant to help uh, address those issues. Have you got some examples of what you've done in that space? Sure, heaps. Uh, one of the most recent ones is with a startup that's looking at um, a parking solution where they're in the process of building some uh, physical hardware that enables uh, parking spots to be uh, released and then locked down based on a booking system and uh, payment for specific periods of time. Right. And so they're looking at capability that relates to uh, networking and um, I guess an internet of things yep. uh, kind of um, product when it comes to their software, as well as uh, the actual manufacture of the hardware. The physical device. The, the physical yeah, yeah. device. So in that example, we're looking for people that can support them, both researchers and students, and across a number of different schools within the Faculty of Engineering. As a small business or a startup that's trying to navigate all that stuff, you'd have to talk to 20, 30 yeah, people. Yeah, you'd never get it done. You'd never get it done. So it's really important that we have these networks of individuals like myself who, who know the capability that's available and, um, and can help you find the right people to talk to. And is that matched with funding or is that simply a program around getting access to the best or most appropriate academics? Yep. So it, it does come with a, a small funding bucket. Yep. So it's $15,000 matched. It's called a tech voucher, New South yep. Wales tech voucher. And so the business puts up $15,000 towards the first project of work mm-hmm. and the government will match that um, with $15,000. So that, it just de-risks that process a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that's substantial. $15,000, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's actually a lot of money for businesses to cough up that for an innovation project, which may or may not work or may or may not be successful. 
It's actually quite a good stepping stone. It's massive. Like in another example, um, I'm thinking of a, a surveying business, local surveying business in Sydney. They've been around for 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a generational business. So um, the sons have come up as directors and looking for how they can make their mark and drive the business forward for the future. They started out with a $15,000 tech voucher and they were looking into uh, actually using drones and uh, LiDAR instruments. So mm-hmm light-ranging imaging instruments to improve their surveying process. Um, And so they're looking at 3D mapping of of ground areas. From that $15,000 tech voucher, they've doubled the size of their staff in their business in the last uh, two and a half years. They've um, been able to create new partnerships as well as uh, new client opportunities in different industries, in solar where they'd never worked before, in defence where they'd never worked before. And so this has helped them to unlock a substantially larger bucket of funding to invest in research. And it's absolutely critical to them being at the forefront of their industry. So that government grant, I suppose, mm-hmm. $15,000 has actually given them a massive return. Absolutely. And I think, you know, part of what we hope to do through the network as well is provide that coaching and support so that businesses can structure uh, the initial project and then the ongoing pieces of work after that. So we absolutely make introductions. We promote businesses through our network, especially into government departments. Um, The New South Wales government is fantastic at highlighting uh, the case studies. Uh, The ministers will come out and visit businesses, will come out and uh, understand the projects that they've been involved in and that type of um, media and PR, yeah, the can PR be promotion extremely is extremely powerful yeah, for absolutely. businesses as well which gives them another opportunity altogether exactly yeah you talked about tech connect and, and the voucher type model the maker games it's a little bit interesting tell me about that yes yeah, so shifting gears completely the maker games is all about uh, students one of the things that we recognize UNSW has the largest engineering faculty yep. in the nation and one of the things that we recognize is to to produce graduates that are employable and um, global uh, leaders that can think innovatively and entrepreneurially, we need to give them practical projects to work on as part of their coursework. And that's what the Maker Games is about. So we partner teams of students with industry Mm -hmm. and the industry puts up uh, a difficult engineering challenge and then over the course of the year the students work together in a team with their academic supervisors to to produce a working uh, prototype solution for that uh, problem. And how is that funded? The business pays for that access? Just at the moment we're um, it's a um so it's a special program. So there's an application process from both sides. Yep, sure. So there's an application for students and an application for the business challenges as well. Yep. Uh, certainly we're looking at scaling it out. It's actually not paid engagement at the moment. Wow. However, the businesses do provide quite a lot of in terms of effort, in terms of their mentoring. Often they open up facilities, uh, spend quite a bit of time contributing to the students' education. There's still a lot involved, even though there's not a financial exchange. A cash commitment, yeah. Yeah, There's no cash. But it sounds like a win-win. Oh, If I'm a business owner that's got an engineering-type problem in my factory or my premises, I can take that to the university, 
have a whole stack of students supervised, obviously, by academics working on it yes. and get a solution. Yes. Well, yes, and it will be a solution that perhaps informs your development process. Yeah. It's not sort of a way to get a new product developed yeah, for sure. you. Um, and I think sometimes people get a bit confused about that. Uh, but it certainly um, helps you to understand some of the technical challenges, uh, hopefully bring some innovative new ideas uh, and approaches that you hadn't have thought of before. But the first team uh, that that won the Make a Games competition has just been accepted into the CSIRO on Accelerator program. So they are actually taking uh, their learnings from that particular project. They've graduated from the university now, most right. of them. So they're yep. alumni. They uh, went on a trip to Silicon Valley as part of the Maker Games. Oh, wow. They've built okay. an incredible business network and progressed their business. They're selling uh, new devices that they built. They actually worked on a smart sensing uh, solution. They're now progressing, as I said, into CSIRO's On Accelerator program uh, and doing very, very well. So I think that um, it's really important to have initiatives like this and if you look at it over the length of time, it has uh, a big impact. So they've now graduated from the university and started a business. Yes, so they started the business. They've been working on the business while they were finishing. Two of the five in the team are now able to go full-time. That's fantastic. Mm. And that accelerator you're talking about as part of CSIRO, mm -hmm. they're now involved there and that's partly funding, partly facilities, etc. I don't believe the On Accelerator program provides any funding, uh, but it does provide incredible access to uh, an ecosystem of mentors mm. and opportunities across the country. Funding is important. It's, it's absolutely not the only um, piece of the puzzle. I think the big thing is access to expertise. Yep the academic expertise that sits within our universities. And you're not just talking about University of New South Wales, obviously that's where you're based, but there are academics all over the country and a whole stack of different universities with specific expertise. That's right. Particularly in New South Wales, we've got the Boosting Business Innovation Program. So um, I'd call out certainly CSIRO's Linfield Collaboration Hub mm -hmm. as being somewhere that um, businesses can go and access equipment. The makerspace there is fantastic. So if you're prototyping something new, they've got access to 3D printers, to CNC cutters, and again, experts in that space. If you want to do something that's slightly more offbeat, then UTS has opened their Algae Biotech Hub. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And Algae is uh, presenting, I guess, a whole new lens for almost every industry. So feedstock, nutraceuticals, all your um, food uh, stuffs, um, all sorts of different uh, things, vaccines, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, Algae has a role to play. So there's a, a cohort of businesses that are uh, working with UTS around uh, the development of new products relating to Algae. And all of this has got a commercial outcome, right? So yep. all of these new products, services being tested or developed in these incubators are absolutely, absolutely going to have a commercial outcome in terms of sales yes. and employment of people, etc. So, mm. yeah, yeah, we do see that. We, we, I mean, it's early, but um, we see companies raising more money. We see a lot of the companies that receive support uh, raising money overseas. And we've had um, companies raising um, in England, for example. We uh, see businesses employing more staff, uh, which is positive, and, and gaining more clients. Yeah, all good outcomes, win-win. 
absolutely. Okay. In terms of access, what does a business need to look like to access some of these things? You, you talked about startups a bit. What about more mature, mid-sized sort of businesses that we're specifically targeting? So mid-sized businesses usually have a few more options. Mm -hmm. There is a new website that our New South Wales government has put up called uh, global.newsouthwales.gov.au and I strongly encourage businesses to go and have a look at that one. Also, uh, the Sydney Startup Hub has, um, if you um, join the Sydney Startup Hub, it's free to join their ecosystem and they can uh, connect you, I guess, with a lot of the different accelerators and incubators. Uh, but in terms of grant opportunities, if you're a mid-market business, you've got a lot more options, federal and state. So Innovation Connections, for example, is a, a federal federally funded uh, opportunity for mid-market businesses and it can uh, help you with your strategy and help you to understand exactly what experts you need to engage and so often the answer is a research partner usually the facilitators of the innovation connections programs you know that again it's an example of a network and that usually they do have a good idea of who to go to who to talk to and can help you step through that process and then sort of down from there there's a there's a whole raft of uh, smaller grants that are aimed at uh, developing new products and services like the MVP grant, uh, the tech vouchers as we uh, Mm -hmm. mentioned and then once you're wanting to scale up some of your projects you've got accelerating commercialization, you've got CRCP, you've got linkage, there's there's, uh, quite a few but global.newsouthwales.gov.au can help you navigate through uh, that whole kind of uh, directory of, of grants and funding. I was just going to ask you, how on earth do you find your way through all of that? So that's the answer, global.newsouthwales.gov.au. It's one directory. It's the newest, shiniest version. So, right. Yeah. Okay, that's a good tip. Um, in terms of preparation, how do businesses get ready and sort of come and approach someone like you with an idea? They've got some you know, idea probably in their head around a product or a service they want to introduce. What do they need to do to get that started? Absolutely. So um, one of the things is um, around clarity. So it's around looking at how can I uh, describe the the problem or the development mm-hmm. or the challenge that I'm having as clearly as possible and kind of identify the part at which I need help. So separate out the bits that I can do and the bits that yep. my mates can help me with yep. with the bit where that I really can't I'm do. Stuck. I'm stuck. Yep. Um, and coming along with a challenge statement that talks about this is the part where I'm stuck will will really make a massive difference. I mean, there's a ton of other things, um, which is largely around communication and, and project management, but certainly just getting that challenge statement right uh, can save a lot of time. Okay. Before we wrap up, number one tip for mid-market businesses to get into this innovation. Look at what your competitors are doing. Don't be foolish and think that you don't have any. Look overseas and look at what they're doing around the world um, and then back yourself. Get in and do something and ask for, for support from the government. Ask for support from, from your universities. Fantastic. Danielle, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to SME Radio. Proudly produced by Eagle Wave's small business podcasting platform. For more great episodes like this, go to smea.org.au. Remember, if you have a story to tell, we want to share it. Yeah.